Hello and welcome to Friday Night Fright, the podcast where we fright every Friday night, And recently we've been covering The Flash. We've been covering The Flash and I've been enjoying it. And I like doing it and I want to keep doing it. But sometimes you just feel inspired to do something different. Quite a lot of time in fact. And this week I feel really inspired because this weekend it's the Oscars. The 92nd Academy Awards of this weekend, people. The Academy Awards, the Oscars, oh my God. Oh my God. The Oscars, the Oscars of this weekend, people. And that's a sad about time in Hollywood history. It's time when all the many people accused of abuse, emotional, physical, sexual, and otherwise, the monsters, the accountants who cheat people out of millions of dollars with accounting technicalities and errors... The studios that destroy careers for for fun. The casting couches up and down America and all across the planet. But they celebrate movies. One day a weekend a year, they celebrate movies. They don't celebrate the right ones. The wrong ones always get the awards. Um, they infamously are terrible at giving people awards when meant to get awards. They're um, accused of racism. And at the same time, Overt diversification? I don't understand how you be how you be do both things at the same time, but there you go. And occasionally, but occasionally they get right. Maybe they'll get right this weekend. But I'm just going to say, it's the first... I don't think did one of these last year, if I did, but I this is the first ever. For the 92nd Academy Awards, this is the Friday Night Fright Oscar Special! Yeah! And I'll be back after a brief word from our sponsors to introduce you to what is at heart of the Oscars this year. What are the Oscars, I'm sure you're asking? Well, I'll go and build Ito, lifting this directly from Wikipedia. A 92nd Academy Awards ceremony presented by the Academy of Motion Picture, Art and Sciences, Ampus, were on the best movies of 2019 and will take place at Dolby Theatre in Hollywood, Los Angeles, California. After more than a decade of holding the Academy Awards ceremonies in at least late February, the 92nd Academy Awards be held earlier on February 9th, 2020. No suspicious reason behind that. During the ceremony, Ampus will present Academy Awards, brackets commonly referred to as Oscars, and brackets in 24 categories. The ceremony will be televised in the United States by ABC, produced by Lynette Howe Taylor and Stephanie Orlane, and directed by Glenn Weiss. Sign successful format at 91st presentation 2019. Okay. APC announced that ceremony can be conducted with our host. Oh, okay. There you go. There's the Oscars. Um, most nominations this year, Joker, but we'll go into more on that in a second. And it'll be held live on Sunday, February 9th, 2020. Wow, in America. So, I don't know. I'm sure I can do... Maybe not special next week, maybe not make this two-part episode, but I'm sure next Monday, Tuesday, I can give my thoughts on the Oscars and what won and what didn't win, which won't be quite as exhaustive as this episode, because, let's face it, who gives it, after they win, who really gives a shit, to be honest? They're going to get it wrong, so they can do. Anyway, this will be split up in sections. I will talk about um, the different nominees and categories and shit, if I can find them. Um, bear with me, I can't figure this out. Right, so essentially, the categories are Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Best Original Screenplay, 
Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Animated Feature Movie, Best International Feature Film. Oh, my God. Okay, so what I'm going to do is... I'm going to combine a bunch of these awards into one section, which I call miscellaneous, and that'll be uh, Best Animated, Best International Feature, and all that stuff, because who, who gives a shit, really, to be honest. And I'll do separate sections for Best Picture, Best Director, Best act, best Actress, Best Born Actor, Best Born Actress... Best original screenplay, best that in the screenplay. So there you go. Um, so I'll be back in a second for the miscellaneous part of this Oscar special. Right, so miscellaneous awards. What is the miscellaneous awards this year? Well, you get best animated feature movie. Um, so you get How Drain Your Dragon, The Hidden Wave by Dean DeBoise, Bobby Ar- Bonnie Arnold and Brad Lewis. Haven't seen that movie, so fine, whatever. I'm sure it's watchable. I Lost My Body by Jeremy Clapping and Mark de Ponte Vise. I've never heard of that movie, so that's fine. Klaus by Sergio Pablos, Jinko Goto and Marissa Romain. Again, I don't know. Missing Link by Chris Butler, Ariane Suckner and Travis Knight. Is that one about the, the frosty thing? Oh, okay, fine. Toy Story 4 by Josh Cooley, Jonas Riv. There and Mark Nielsen. Okay, so what would I give this Oscar? Well, Toy Story 4 is going to win it, but Toy Story 4 wasn't very good. But I haven't seen any of these other movies. So what is going to win? Toy Story 4. What should win? I don't don't know. Fucking How Drain Your Dragon, I guess, because it's got dragons in it. So that's fine. Best international feature movie. So you've got Corpus Christi, Brackets Poland in Polish, okay, directed by Jan Kormasa. Honeyland, brackets North Macedonia in Turkish and Macedonian, directed by Tamara Kvevka and Lubitschma Stepanov. Le Miserables, brackets France in French, directed by Lajli. Pain and Glory, brackets Spain in Spanish, directed by Pedro Amadovar. And Parasite Brackets, South Korean, Korean, directed by Bon Joon-ho. Right. Okay, guys, say, firstly, it's bullshit that Parasite's been nominated for fucking Best Picture and Best International Feature Movie. You shouldn't be able to be nominated for both. That's proper bullshit. So I don't want it to win Best International Feature Movie for that reason. So I'm going to go for... um, Le Miserables in French, because it's such a genius idea. Why would you not make Le Miserables in French, considering it's literally set in France? So that sounds cool, so I'm going to go for that. What would win? Probably fucking Parasite. Uh, okay, best documentary feature. Let's go through the list. American Factory, Stephen Bogner, Julia Richie and Jeff Richie. I don't know what that is. It hasn't, I haven't seen it on Netflix, so... The Cave, um, Ferris, Fayed, Kirsten, Barford, and Sigrid Dudek. I don't know what that is either. Edge of Democracy, Petra Costa, Joanna Natasagir, Jane Boris, and Tiago Pavan. Okay, I don't know what that is either. I'm sure it's perfectly watchable. Um, Fosama Wad Al Khabib and Edward Watts. Cool, okay. Hungry Lands by Lovjimir Stefanov, Tamara Kotevska and Alana Georgie. Isn't this fucking, what is this fucking nominated? Best International Feature Movie! You, it's bullshit! Why is it nominated? Why is it nominated for Best International Feature Movie and Best Documentary Feature? It can't be both, either it's a fictional movie or not. So I don't want it to win for that reason. I'm going to go for 
um, for the cave because it sounds vaguely horror related. And I like to keep up the pretenses as a fucking horror podcast. Best documentary short subject in the absence um Wee Sung Jung and Gary Byunsu Khan Learning Skateboarding War Zone Brackets if you're if you're a gal Carol De Singer Lena Andrachiga Life Overtakes Me John Haptus and Christine Samuelson St. Louis Superman Smitri Mundra and Sammy Khan Warp Run Cha Cha Lauren Nitz and Colette Sunset. Okay, so I'm talking about I haven't seen any of the movies. I haven't heard of any of them. But I'm talking because St. Louis Superman sounds cool, but learning skateboarding in Warzone sounds awesome. So I'm going to go for learning skateboarding in Warzone as what will win, or what I hope will win, and I'm going to go for in the absence will probably win. Okay, best live action short movie. Brotherhood, Miriam Jabir and Maria Gracia Tugan. Nefta Football Club by Yvette Yves Piat and Damien McGurvey. The Neighbours Window by Marshall Curry. Saria by Brian Bucklin, Matt Lefebvre. And a Sister by Daphne Gerard. I think Sister's going to win because no diversity and all of that. And I think it probably deserves to win. I haven't seen it, but I'm sure it does. But I like the title Neighbours Window. That sounds scandalous. That sounds, ooh, ooh, ooh. It does sound scandalous. Best animated short movie, Jesus Christ, at this point. Um, Dura, brackets, daughter. Is that a spin-off of Picard or something? Daria Kachisha. Hair Love, Matthew A. Cherry and Karen Rupert Tolliver. Kitball, by Rosanna Sullivan and Catherine Hendrickson. Okay. Um, Memorable, by Bruno Collette and Jean-Francois Lecour. And Slater by Siki Song. I don't have any opinion on these movies. I literally have never heard of any of those. So um, I'm going to assume Dura Rings wins, I guess. Let's read some score. Okay, here we go. Joker by Huda Gura. I can't. The name's not a problem. My attempt to pronounce it was a problem. Little Woman by Alexandra Despiat. Marriage Story by Randy Newman? Jesus Christ. 1917 by Thomas Newman and Star Wars Rise Skywalker by John Williams. Okay, well, firstly, no Star Wars. I can't remember any music from that movie, so nope, that's no. 1917, I know I don't want to hear war stuff. Randy Newman doing Marriage Story. That's really good score, actually. Someone go with Randy Newman, Marriage Story should win, and will win because Randy Newman is awesome and he should win too. Best original song, I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away from Toy Story 4, music and lyrics by Randy Newman. I'm Going to Love Me Again from Rocketman, music by Ian John, lyrics by Bone Topping. I'm Standing With You from Breakthrough, music and lyrics by Diane Warren. Into Young Known from Frozen 2, music and lyrics by Kristen Anson Lopez and Robert Lopez. Stand Up from Harriet, music and lyrics by Joshua Brian Campbell and Cynthia Erivo. I literally don't remember any of those songs. I didn't watch Rocket Man, but I don't remember that song from Toy Story 4. Um, so I'm going to go for... I'm not going Frozen 2, despite that no we win. I'm going for Stand Up from Harriet. Best Sound Editing, 4 vs. Ferrari by Donald Sylvester. Joker by Alan Robert Murray. 1917 by Oliver Tarnay and Rachel Tate. Once More Time Hollywood by Willie Slateman. 
Star Wars Rise Skywalker by Matthew Wood and David. Why is Star Wars getting all these awards? It was terrible editing. That's awful editing in every conceivable way. I'm going to go for what I hope win would be Ford versus Ferrari because that movie sounded incredible. You really felt like you're actually on track with the F1. What we win is probably Once Upon a Time Hollywood, which is deserving award because that was a flawlessly edited movie sound wise. So. Uh, best sound mixing, Ad Astra, Gary Ridstrom, Tom Johnson, and Mark Urlano. Ford versus Ferrari, Paul Massey, David Giamarco, and Stephen A. Morrow. Joker by Tom Ovanich, Dean Zupanich, and Tom Maitland. 1917 by Mark Taylor and Stuart Wilson. Once Upon a Time Hollywood by Michael Minkler, Christian P. Minkler, and Mark Urlano. I, I, I'm torn again. Four first Ferraring, one point time Hollywood. Either could win. I would probably go for Ford versus Ferrari because their face is not any chance in her of winning the other Oscars. But I think one point time Hollywood could also win. So there you go. Best production design, The Irishman, Bob Shaw. Production design, set decoration, Regina Graves. Jojo Rabbit production design, Raj Vincent, set decoration, Nora Sopkova. 1917 production design, Dennis Gassner, set decoration, Lee Sandals. Once More Time Hollywood production design, Barbara Lynn, set decoration, Nancy Hay. Parasite production design, Lee Hajun, set decoration, Cho Woo Woo. Um, I'm going to go with the Irishman. That, to me, deserves to win that. It's a flawlessly, flawless movie you want to get past the view, which is torturous. So, there you go. Best cinematography. Here we go. The Irishman, Rodrigo Pareto. Joker, Lawrence Scher. The Lighthouse, Jaring Blasco. 1917, Roger Deakins. Once from Time, Howard Robert Richardson. Holy shit, this stuff. Um, Because, see, my gut would be... Once Upon a Time Hollywood, although the Irishman was very good too because of what they mentioned. But I haven't seen Lighthouse, but I saw The Witch by the same director and I'm guessing maybe same cinematographer. I'm going to go for Lighthouse because The Witch was stung in cinematography and I can't imagine Lighthouse doesn't have equally good cinematography. And also it's in black and white where cinematography pops a little more. So I think Lighthouse should win and I think Lighthouse will win. So there you go. Fuck, there's so many awards. Who gives a shit, really? Jesus Christ. Um, Best Makeup and Hairstyling, Bombshow, Kazuhiro and Morgan Vivian Baker, Joker, Nikki Leidman and Kay Georgiou, Judy, Jeremy Woodhead, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, Paul Gooch, Arjun Titan and David White, and 1917, Naomi Dong, Tristan Verluz and Rebecca Cole. Um, who who gives a shit, really? Um, I'm going to say Joker, because at this point, I'm like, I'm not knocking it, but I'm like, I, I get celebrating art and all of that, but none of those movies had makeup and hairstyling, which stood out, I guess maybe 1917, but honestly, who gives a shit? No, it's like, it shouldn't stand out, that's the point, you know, but to be noticed from war like this, it should stand out, so... The Irishman, Sandy Powell and Christopher Peterson. Jojo Rabbit, oh, this is the best costume design. Jojo Rabbit, Maze Serubu. Joker, Mark Bridges, Lil Woman, Jacqueline Duran, Once Upon a Time, Howard, Arian Phillips. Um, I'm going to go for the Irishman because I think the costumes all fit the period really well, I guess. I don't really know. I'm just, what can you say? 
Um, best movie acting, Ford versus Ferrari, Andrew Butland and Michael McCusker, The Irishman, Famous Schumacher, Jojo Rabbit, Tommy Eagles, Joker, Jeff Groff, and Parasite, Yan Jingmu. I don't know how you don't give it to Irishman. It's flawless. It's really good. I mean, first time you watch it, it's a struggle. But after that, it's really good. Best visual effects. Avengers Endgame, Dan DeLu, Matt Aiken, Russell Ayer, and Dan Sadiq. The Irishman, Pablo Hyman. There's surely more names than this. Leandro, it's... Uh, Stephanie Grab and Nelson Sepulveda, The Lion King, Robert Legado, Adam Verdez, Andrew R. Jones, Elliot Newman, 1917, Guillermo Rochon, Greg Butler, and Dominic Tukey, Star Wars Rice Skywalker, Roger Guillet, Neil Scanlon, Patrick Tubat, and Dominic Tumaki. Okay, firstly, Star Wars is out because that looked terrible. Um, 1917's out because I don't give a shit. Lion King's out because I don't think we Disney need more pack on back. Avengers is out because I mean it's fine. It was a lot of hard work and all that, but the Irishman literally like made Rob down Rob De Niro almost look twenty years younger and that's impressive, so here you go. Um Oh, the event, the Academy held its eleventh annual Governors Award ceremony in October twenty seven. 2019, and gave Honor Academy Awards to David Lynch, Wed Study, and Lena Woodmuller. That's cool. And Gina Davies won John Herschel Humanitarian Award. Awesome. There you go. That's cool. Um. Anyway, so in a second, I'm going to be jumping on to the. Um, uh, I'm going to be doing this differently. I'm going to be. Oh, I'm not really. I'm going to be doing. Best actor, best actress, best supporting actor, and best supporting actress in the same one. Best original screenplay, and best adapted screenplay in the same one, and best picture and best director in the same one. So, I'll back in seconds start those off. And, and here we go, the screenplay part of this. So we're going to start, off, I think, with best adapted screenplay because you know their their systems making movies. So. The Irishman by Stephen Zalem, based on book I Heard You Paint Houses by Charles Brandt. Jojo Rabbit, Taika Wahiti, based on novel Caging Skies by Christian Lunens. Joker, Todd Phillips and Scott Seaver, based on Catcher's Credit by Beefinger, Bob Kane, J. Robson. Yeah. Fuck you, Bob Kane, that's all I have to say. <laughs> Little Woman, Greg Gerwig, based on novel by Louisa May Alcott. And Two Popes, Anthony McCartan, based on his play The Pope. Right, let's break this down. I haven't seen two Pope and Jojo Rabbits, so they might win, they might not, but I'm disqualifying them from my opinion completely because I don't think it has anything to do with that. So let's start with The Irishman. Was The Irishman a good script, a good adaptation? Well, one has to consider the fact that the book is likely complete bollocks. Does that destroy the movie's chances of winning Oscar? I don't think so, because... As Martin Scorsese puts it, it doesn't matter whether it's true or not. It matters that you that characters face with a crisis of faith and that you buy into it. But at the same time, a lot of what makes the Irishman work is the acting. Would the same script with different actors work? Would the same script with actors, different actors of different ages playing characters throughout their lives work? And the answer is no, it would not. But does that make it bad script? Stephen Zalen is actually a genuinely really good writer. There's some very quotable bits in here. There's some really cleft bits in here. 
But is it good enough winning an Oscar? That's the question. Coming up on flip side, Joker, which some would argue was a kick up the arse to comic book movie medium in the way that comic book movie medium really needed. It was brutal, it was gritty, but it was also again anchored by a stunning performance by Jacqueline Phoenix, which without him would it have been good? And there's also the fact that apparently a lot of movie was being written and rewritten and edited and shaped right into the last second. So how much of the original script is there? And also, does it really classify as best adapted? It's loosely based on characters, but, you know, it's not really based on any particular Joker story. So should it technically not win best best adapted screenplay? Then you have Little Woman by Greta Gerwig, and on one hand, my gut says just give the Oscar to her after Lady Bird, which was perfect, and her run of really, really good movies that deal with really interesting themes and characters that you don't normally see on big screen done in that way. Should we just give all the Oscars to Greta Gerwig? And then you think maybe not, because it's wonderful she is, and trust me, as soon as I get a chance, I'm seeing Little Woman at the cinema. As wonderful she is, she shouldn't win everything. But on the other hand, maybe she should win a thing. You know, it's like, what do you do? So that's from the problem. Two movies I have no memory of, no opinion whatsoever. One movie I haven't seen but written by one of the best writers around in Hollywood or anywhere at the moment. And two movies which work because of all the elements. But if you took a few of those elements away, would script be left wanting? So I think if we take Little Women out of the equation, I might it'll probably win, but I haven't seen it, so it shouldn't be included. My opinion would be it's a two horse race between the Irishman and Joker. Now, which is the better movie? One could argue Martin Scorsese's made, already made better version of Joker with Kim Comedy, but I've never watched it, so I can't really comment on that. And one would also argue that a lot of the elements prevalent in Joker are done in some regard in a more mature way in The Irishman, which also deals with a work of fiction that pretty much is complete bollocks. You know, it requires everyone involved being borderline superhuman. But on the other hand, the Joker's got a really tight structure. It's really slightly clever and also subversive. In fact, it it seems like it might possibly be a joke on the audience and studios as much as a joke on characters, you know? But what might my gut come down to? My gut would come down to the fact that I've watched The Irishman a lot. First time watching Sing My Ding, enjoy it. But since then, I've watched it a lot, and it really holds up replay value. So many beautiful little touches in there that you just feel... It feels like a novel. It feels like a novel. But here's the kicker. I didn't enjoy it at cinema. I didn't enjoy it cinematic experience. And you don't always have to, but I think something's going to win Best Oscar. It should work as a cinema movie and a home movie. The Irishman works as a home movie, but not a cinema movie. Joker works as a cinema movie. I haven't watched it yet at home, but I would get the impression it works as home one. So does it win on that regard? No, it's The Irishman, despite the fact that technically I don't think it should be in this category at all. So there you go. I think... I hope Joker will win. I think Little Women will probably win, and which I'm fine with. But that's my opinion. Best that screenplay. Best original screenplay. Knives Out by Rian Johnson. <sighs> Marriage Story by No Burnback. <sighs> 1917 by Sam Mendes and Christy Wilson Kames. <sighs> 
Once Upon a Time Hollywood by Quentin Tarantino. Wait, what? And Parasite by Bong Joon-ho and Hong Wing. Hong Wing Jingwen. Sorry, if I'm getting those names wrong, I hope no one takes offence. I'm shit with names. Okay, so again, Parasite Night Seventeen. They might and Nights Out. They might win, but I can't have them. In, I can't have them pinning on them. So I haven't seen them for them. But I think Rian Johnson's an exceptional writer. So for me, it's got to be between Marriage Story and Once Upon a Time Hollywood. But here's the kicker: Does Once Upon a Time Hollywood work in this particular category? Yes, it's not technically based on any adapted material, but at the same time, it's based on a real-life incident. That's not entirely an original screenplay. Even if Tantino's put two characters in the midst of an original situation, of a real-life situation, that situation existed. So technically, if you can say based on characters created by, then this should be based on real-life events, you know? I mean, does it work in that regard? But it's also the fact that Once Upon a Time Hollywood is a flawless, probably most mature, best written, deepest, most engrossing Tarantino movie, I believe since Jackie Brown, or some people would put as I put, maybe ever. It's a wonderful, immersive spirit that takes you right back to time in question. It's witty, it's urbane, it works in ways that some of the other cat nominate ones don't. Because you get the impression that Tantino cast five different actors in his movie, and it all bring different elements to it, but the core script would still work. But Flip Hand is the marriage story by No Burnback, which is phenomenal and includes scenes of mon- extended monologues, which, yes, the actors do a great job with them, but monologues are still dying right. Every character gets something to work with. Everyone gets something interesting. No burn back is bomb back. Sorry, has really done an amazing job at giving F one something interesting to work with. I mean, there's some stunning performances there by Ray Lotta and Laura Dern who are given more work with than they normally would expect. So, yeah, it's just stunning. It's really good. So, um. I gotta go with marriage story. I'm sorry, Quentin, but marriage story is just peerless, to be honest. Like, it's so well written and it's so good, at even giving smallest characters a bit of good. So, I'm gonna go with marriage story for that. And the Irishman, marriage story's best original screenplay, and the Irishman's best actor screenplay. Anyway, coming up next, it's gonna be the best actor and sporting at the cat race so I'll be back in just a second so um, the Phantom Thread then the movie I was going to recap last week and couldn't because I had a surprise hospital visit so why don't I recap it now um, what a weird 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 movie in so many ways and the perfect movie to contrast Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where I was very mannered, I was very appreciative of the movie, and also very much falling asleep on a regular basis. Well, oh, another movie where I talk about and I'm always falling asleep on a regular basis for an opposite reason. That reason being, oh my God, what was this movie? It was not awful. I would never say it was awful. I think it's definitely art. Um... But I think it's very much Tate modern art rather than Tate elitist, permanent, full-on, everlasting art. I don't think anyone else could make this movie but Paul Thomas Anderson. 
I don't think anyone else other than Paul Tom Santa would have made this movie. I don't think anyone could have acted the way Dan Day Lewis did in this movie, but I don't think anyone should have acted the way he did in this movie. Um, Okay, let's try and narrow this down a bit. What's the movie about? Well, on the surface, it's about sewing. But it's not really about sewing. It's about impropriety and class and um, sexism and repressed homosexuality, the male-female divide, uh, the idea of family versus loved ones versus your chosen partner, the idea of that special someone, um, forced coercion, uh, domestic abuse, um, the class divides I mentioned, alcoholism. It's about so many things, but not really about emblem. And in some ways, that's why Paul Thomas Anderson is a genius. Because if I was to describe this movie to you, it would be about... Okay, spoilers, spoiler warning. So if you don't want to be spoiled, you know, when it hits 2 minutes 30, walk away. So, you know, 5, 4, 3, 2... One. If you see her after I'm yawning, sorry, spoilers. The movie's about a man who sews and his sister who is his business manager and he can't commit to any relationships with a woman for a long time. He seems interested and then he drifts apart but he doesn't have heart to tell that he doesn't want them anymore. They get more and more fed up, and then his sister has to do his dirty work for him. So it's kind of sad in that regard, sad and pathetic. Then he meets a waitress, and he seems to find something in her that sparks in him. So he says, hey, why don't you come live with me and my sister in the house? It's not creepy, but first I'm going to dress you up, and I'm going to make you feel really objectified and uncomfortable, but you're going to be okay with it, so you're going to come back and live with me. And I'm going to patronise the fuck out of you. And <laughs> occasionally I'm going to ignore you. And when you keep pressing it, when you press it, press it, I will merely say to you, no, I do not want to live a lie. But that'll be it. And meanwhile, I'll be sewing. And I'll sew a dress for this rich woman who's getting married. But she's like, she ruins my dress by getting drunk and pissing all over it so we're going to steal dress back from her and it's your idea and we can do that i'm going to fall for you and we're going to make out a bit and have some have some fuck like we're going to have some fuck and then my sister's going to be all you should leave and i'll be all no she shouldn't and she and you'll be all no no and it'll be great it'll be great we'll be a happy family but then we won't because you'll grow angry because i don't respect you but I'll be like, how can I respect you? You don't respect me and you won't have an answer for that. Then you'll poison me. But then you'll refuse medical aid because you're the only medical aid I need. And then we'll we'll be together and you'll be my nurse and it'll be great and we'll be wonderful for a while. But then there'll be tension. And then you'll I'll go to a I'll go to a party. I'm 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 woman you you got with. I'll go to a party and you'll be like, No, you can't and I'll be like, I'm going. Saying you'll you you the guy will also go to a party and you'll be all no, you you don't you come back to me and I'll be all where's well, a terrible party, but no. 
And then we'll think we'll be about part ways, but then we won't because I'll get poisoned again. But it turns out I know what's going on. I know what's going on and I'm cool with it. And you'll be all way, wah, and I'll be all way, wah. And then we'll be happy together forever. And my sister may or may not be dead. You'll get your happy endings. We'll be married. That's basically the plot. That plot is just like, what? It, is, it isn't really anything. But the movie, to be fair to its credit, is not about the plot. Like, once upon time Hollywood, even more so, this movie is about atmosphere and aesthetic and characters more than plot. Characters, not situation. Characters aren't even placed in interesting situations. This movie is not interesting in terms of the fascinatingly bizarre happening because it's not very fascinatingly bizarre. It's very mundane. It's very matter-of-fact. It's about the work of an artist versus the relationships that artist has. And in that regard, it's contrasting. And I imagine it's probably ripped from the lives of F1 involved, who are all actors and writers and directors and producers and whatnot. And <laughs> clearly it's probably been put on by lists whereby sometimes you're creating a masterpiece, but you still have your life to go back to when you get home. And that's not easy to deal with, you know? And most people aren't jerks like this character is in the movie. And also, there's a lot of metatextualness to it. Because essentially, this guy's saying he is an artist of generation. And he's also an incantable, miserable, miserly old sod. Who's borderline rude to everyone he meets because he's so obsessed with method perfection and who does that remind you of Leslie Manvey that's who no, no, no I'm kidding Leslie Manvey's great no it's um, it's definitely a, a wry look at Nande Lewis and that's interesting because this is in theory his last movie and unlike going out playing a psychopathic New York gangster named William the Butcher you know, he goes out playing a borderline camp repressed homosexual sower who's married a woman a waitress he doesn't really know very well who keeps poisoning him apparently likes being poisoned and likes being given an excuse not to have worked so much so it's, 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 it's a weird movie it's i'm not sure recommend it would be right where well, i mean i sport the entire goddamn movie at this point so it's not really much left to recommend Paul Thomas Anderson makes the weirdest most bizarre ensemble style movies but they're fascinating because he has such a unique sense of cinema and visuals and how to create mood and tension in the scene by dragging it past the point where it's comfortable to watch He's very much someone who loves all of the characters he creates, who loves finding out new things about them, and also loves making them through fleshed human beings, from John C. Reilly's copy Magnolia, through the rather fantastic, probably career-best performance by Heather Graham in that movie is the Roller Kid, or whatever her name was, with Burt Reynolds in Boogie Nights, Mark Wahlberg. I mean, these are all career-best performances. Paul Thomas Hansen gets these performances because he invests his characters with so much meaning. He's someone who's a craftsman in front of the camera, but also a craftsman behind the page, you know. He's got a real sense of how to create a memorable scene, and the most memorable scene by having characters feel mundane enough that you can justify 
the sort of slightly more esoteric elements, I guess. So yeah, he's he's a really good director. It's very cool seeing him make more and more headway in Hollywood because he's definitely, definitely one of the better ones out there. And also, you may want to go and see some of his other movies like The Master, which I haven't seen. I've seen Inherent, Inherent Vices. What I saw of it's really, really good. You know, so yeah, I, I, I'd I, give this probably three and a half out of five just because when I was watching it, I was kind of out of it. Not like that, you get your minds out of the gutter. I wasn't out of it like that. I was just very tired. I'm always very tired. I, I quit caffeine, so what can you do? And this is being recorded before the rest of parts of this episode, so that makes it even more confusing. It gets to the point where I record this podcast when I can. Sometimes it's coherently, sometimes it's not. What can you do? But I, I did enjoy this movie. I don't necessarily know that I've done a great review of it because it's been come out last week when movie is flashing my mind, but I'm not re-watching it. Oh, bonus, bonus, why I'm, why I'm here and why you guys here, I watched Jane Sign Bob Strike Back. No, Jane Sign Bob Reboot, the um, uh, new movie of Jane Sign Bob of Kevin Smith, USQ, Clerks Universe fame. And what did I think of it? Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. I thought the acting was surprisingly good. Jason Mewes, I've never been particularly impressed by him acting wise he's a funny guy but but he did a really good job here i thought kevin smith's daughter harley was very good too kevin smith was hilarious he's a really 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 funny actor i mean him playing exaggerated version of himself was amazing oh no spoilers but yeah generally i thought it was really really good but i think it really only works if you have that familiarity with the characters in the universe i think if you haven't got that familiarity you're not really gonna get that much out of it to be honest you know but if you have that familiarity and for me it's very nostalgic because i remember when i was um, just about to leave for university it's like 2002 Late 2002, I started getting into these movies with um, more rats and chasing Amy first, and then Dogman, and then Clerks, and then Jane Simon Bob Strike Back. And I really got into those movies, and I just. It's a good time in my life. I didn't really doing it very much because I was very anxious to get to university, but I, I remember buying all those DVDs on, on play.com and you could buy American ones and get them transported over here and I hacked my DVD player, play American DVDs and I was at university and I was watching stuff like Jane Sandbox Strike Back on full DVD with all special features and I was like, wow. I mean, I wouldn't say anything of the best movies I've made. I'd say I really enjoyed Dogman. I think Chase and Amy's really, really surprisingly good, although the problematic elements are there. And Morats is just great fun. But I just feel like those movies appeal to me so much because it's the sense of being a kid, of being a teenager and a young adult is perfect. And as you get older and you start to work, you start to relate more and more to characters like Randall and Dante because that becomes your life but it becomes your life so you can afford stuff like bht tv i've got here or the fucking blu-rays i've got or comic books or 
the internet or whatever. It's like the jobs are tough and yeah, you know life isn't easy and all of that. I, despite the fact that it's perfectly mixed, <coughs> I still feel, you know, a, sense, a touch sad that the our last relationship ended, but you know, I'm good. I, I just feel like you watch these movies and it makes you nostalgic, but it doesn't make me want to go back. It makes me feel like it's amazing that things evolve and things change, but you can have certain touch points that make you so nostalgic and bring back so many warm memories, you know. So, yeah, that's turned into Phantom and Jane Sun oh Jane Sunbox reboot. It's really funny. I mean if you if you want a bit of a laugh, watch it. If you know of Kevin Smith movies, give it a try. If you really don't like Kevin Smith, it's as Kevin Smith as you can get. But you might like a few of the random cameos, so there you go. Anyway, uh so that's like the movie halftime movie period portion of this episode of the Friday Night Fright podcast, um, the halftime thing. So, um, back to whatever episode of Flash I'm up to. It's been called the first, so we're not going linear this week. So, Flash recapping will be back in just a second. Hey, it's time for the best actor, best actress, best sporting actor, best sporting actress categories. Let's start off with best sporting actress. Kathy Bates, Richard Jewell as Barbara Bobby Jewell. Laura Dern, Marriage Story as Nora Fanshawe. Scarlett Hansen, Jojo Rabbit as Rosie Betzler. Florence Pugh, Little Woman's Amy March, Margot Robbie Bombshire's K.O. Poppissi. Uh, I'm going to go for Laura Dern in Marriage Story. She's actually a movie I've seen. I'm sure Florence Pugh... I'm sure they're all great. I'm sure Florence Pugh... Florence Pugh is really good in the woman. She's an excellent actress in general. But it's got to be Laura Dern Marriage Story because it's such a great little performance, such a witty, urbane, funny, eye-catching performance. I mean, she's just so good in movies. She's such a fascinating way to play the divorce law our titan that doesn't really seem to come across too often so definitely i really enjoyed her performance in that um and just the way she took they she worked no bum back take a possibly one note cat and do something interesting with it so i wish i'd seen more of movies anyway best supporting actor tom hanks a beautiful day neighborhood is fred rogers Anthony Hopkins, The Two Popes, Pope Bandit, XVI, Al Pacino, The Irishman's Jimmy Hoffa, Joe Pesci, The Irishman, is Russell Buffalino, and Brad Pitt, Once Upon a Time, who was Cliff Booth. God damn. Okay, so Anthony Hopkins, I'm excluding because I can see Two Popes. Um, Tom Hanks, I'm excluding, although I will admit Tom Hanks is probably likely to win this Oscar because, you know, it's Tom Hanks and he's playing Fred Rogers. But my money, it's not even a comparison between these three. Brad Pitt is amazing. Once upon a time, he was Cliff Booth. He he loves working with Tantino. It's clearly mutually. It's clearly mutual in that regard. But it's good as he is. His performance doesn't come close to Al Pacino and the Irishman and Joe Pesci and the Irishman. So I think it's down to those two. And here's a kicker: Al Pacino is really, really, really good as Jimmy Hoffa. 
but at the same time, he's not going outside his wheelhouse. It's still a very Al Pacino performance, which some would like and some wouldn't. I get that. But it's still very Al Pacino. Not that it's not good. It's awesome. It's really, really, really good. But he's still got those Al Pacino expressions to him. Whereas Joe Pesci literally... One, he popped out of retirement for this movie. And two, this is like nothing he's done in decades. He's quiet, he's reserved. He's got quiet rage to him. But so different for his usual Martin Scorsese live work, you know? This is a re-introspective performance and it's so good, so, so good in so many ways. So I think Tom Hanks will win it, but I think Joe Pesci should win it, hands down. Anyway, let's go to Best Actress. Um, Cynthia Erivo, Harriet as Harriet Tubman Scarlett Chanson, Marriage Story as Nicole Barber Sais Ronan, Little Women's Josephine Joe March Charlie's Theron, Bombshares, Megan Kelly Renee Zellweger, Judy as Judy Garland Oh, okay um, Scarlett Johansson, surely I mean, like Here's the thing, everyone makes fun of Scarlett Johansson. They have for a long time. They make fun of the fact that she said some generally insensitive comments in public, and I agree, appreciate that, and I do agree they're very insensitive and possibly wrong thing to say. But I think one thing you can't deny is that she is literally, I my money, I'd say she's the best actress of her generation. I'd say she's the best actress working definitely in Hollywood right now. She is unbelievable, and Movies like Marriage Story remind you of that because it's just her. There's no CGI or makeup or really anything beyond a pure, pure performance. And she's stunning. Her monologue she has near the start of the movie where she just delivers... Hey, that's just, just two monologues and she nails them both. And then she nails the scene Bam Driver, which is so uncomfortable to watch in the best possible way. It's so brutal to watch, but... You just sit there watching it, thinking, "Wow, this, this, this is what cinema should be. It really should. It's such a, it's just stunning performance in F Possible Guy." And I haven't really seen the other ones. I mean, Renzo Wigger could win because they love their Hollywood biopics, but it should be Scarlett Johansson, and I think it will be Scarlett Johansson. So, there you go. Best actor: Antonio Banderas, Pain and Glory, Salvador Mallow. Leonardo DiCaprio, Once Upon a Time Hollywood, is Rick Dalton. Adam Driver, Marriage Story, is Charlie Barber. Joaquin Phoenix, Joker, is Arthur Fletch, slash Joker. Jonathan Price, Two Popes, Cardinal George, Mario, Billy, Julio. Okay, so, um, Jonathan Price and Antonio Banderas could win. I don't think they're going to, but they could, but I haven't seen those roles, so those have to go out. So it's between Leo, Adam, and Joaquin. This is tough because Leo's performance in Once Upon a Time Hollywood is funny and sad and pathetic and awesome at the same time. It hits all of those barometers and it's something Tantino doesn't normally do. He's actually having character. It's the first time really since Pulp Fiction the character's actually looking at his own mortality and what he's doing. It's very much the end of an era, but also a love letter to Hollywood. And I think Leo really nails that. It's a very, very good performance. Some amazing improv in there. He brought a lot of himself to that character, and I think he's done probably his best work for Tarantino. Obviously, Django and Change is ridiculously entertaining, but this is just 
a stunning performance on every level. But he he's not in the league of the other two, if I'm being honest. Adam Driver Mark Story is every bit equal of Scarlett Johansson, playing characters somewhat unlikable, but at the same time has a lot of integrity to him and a lot of darkness and a lot of angst. And when they start peeing back layers and they have that big confrontation scene at her his new house, it's so brutal but so real and it takes two really incredible actors to really portray that on screen. And then there's Joe Quinn Phoenix who was so good in Joker. Now I don't want them to do enough sequel or anything like that. Don't do it. It's not you can't top it. It's such raw experience and he went such depths for that character. It's so tough. Like I'm sure if I'd actually watched some of these other movies, like Best Actress and stuff like that, it'd be as tough. But this is so tough because Adam Driver deserves the Oscar, but so is Joe Quinn Phoenix. Adam Driver's gun getting Oscar at some point. He is an unbelief. Him and Oscar Isaacs are so good. And they're going to get Oscar at some point. But Joe Quinn is just, ah, oh, it's such a good performance. It, it could go either way. Literally, it should go either way. If I had to push, I, I'd go for Adam Driver because I think I would like him to less shitty blockbusters like i know people praised him in Vent of skywalker but you stuff like this and you're like rise skywalker even you watch stuff like mad story and you're like he's just do that just pay him millions to do that you know so i i think adam driver or jokeman phoenix could win and i think adam driver should win anyway i'll be back in just a sec with best picture No less fate, we come to only two anyone really gives a crap about. Best Director and Best Picture. In Best Director category, you've got Martin Scorsese, The Irishman, Todd Phillips, Joker, Sam Mendes, 1917, Quentin Tantino, Once Upon a Time, Hollywood, and Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. Okay, firstly, it's bullshit Parasite's into nominated for two separate move Best... No... Best director is fine, but it's so bullshit. Nominate best international movie, best picture. That's proper bollocks. But let's go by let's go by them. I'm sure I'm sure Parasite's great. I'm not saying no. I'm sure it's fine. I haven't seen it, so I can't comment on that. 1917, same thing, but it's likely get the Oscar because the Oscars love war movies. So again, it's between the Irishman, Joker, and Once Upon a Time Hollywood. Once Upon a Time Hollywood. Okay, here's the thing. These are all exceptional movies. Any of them could win, any of them should win. But what do you go for? I mean, the Irishman, which is, it grows on you the more you watch it. Not like a fungus, but like it just gets better the more you watch it. Joko is just a, a gigantic cinematic coming out party for Todd Phillips because he's made some right shit in the past and he knocked out the fucking park with Joker but Tarantino literally made you made me feel like I was back in the 60s and tied in fictional characters with a real life situation without removing the agency you know he arguably made one of the best horror movies of recent memory but Yashman was peerless and Joker was even better and then comes real bullshit, because why isn't Noel Baumbach nominated for fucking best director? He w- I'd give it to him if he was, but he's not, so... So what do you do? Um, Anthem could win. Um, oh, God. Um, 
I have to go with Joker. And the reason I have to go with Joker is Martin Scorsese has already won Oscar and he'll get nominated for anything he makes at this point. Quentin Tantino will win the Oscar for his 10th, will clean up the Oscars in his 10th movie. He's absolutely going to clean up, so he doesn't need this one. But I think we need Todd Phillips to win. And the reason we need him to win is they'll make better comic book movies because they're getting really shit. Some of them are really... Like, Esmin Dark Phoenix? We don't need that sort of crap. We need better comic book movies, a better breed of comic book movies. And the only way to get there, Todd Phillips wins Joker. There you go. But if it really Anthem could win. Anyway, best picture. Ford versus Ferrari, Peter Shimen, Django Topping and James Mangold. Yarishman, Martin Scorsese, Rob De Niro, Jane Rosenthal and Emma Tillin Jens Koskov. Jojo Rabbit, Kofu Neal, Tiger with Titi and Chasey Winsley. Joker, Todd Phillips, Bradley Cooper and Emma Tillinger Koskov. Little Woman, Amy Pascal. Marriage Story, Noah Baumbach and David Heyman. 1917, Sam Mendes, Pippa Harris, Jane Ann Tengren, and Callum McDougall. Once on Time Hollywood, Dave Heyman, Shannon Matinkos, and Quentin Tandino. Parasite, Quatsunai, and Bong Joon Hu. Okay, well, firstly, Parasite's been screwed, it's bullshit, it's nominated, it's tried to be nominated for Best International Feature Movie or Best Picture, not both. That's bullshit. Throwing out window. 1917, throwing out window. Um, Jojo Rabbit, no, I'm throwing out, I haven't seen it. So, Ford vs. Ferrari, The Irishman, Joker, Little Woman, Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time, Hollywood. Okay, um, I think Little Woman's going to win, I'm just going to say that. I think that's a powerhouse year, it's not going to win. The bullshit comes from, why is Ford vs. Ferrari being nominated for Best Picture and not also Best Director? It's bullshit. Or best actor, or best actress, or best sporting actor. You know, it's bullshit. Um, but I'm happy sitting there. Um, shit. Um, right, so Joker won best... i give Joker best director. I'd be tempted to give Joker best picture, but at the same time, it's like, would you really, like, as an all-round experience, was it best? The Irishman stands up most repeat viewings. But Marriage Story was incredible too. Once Upon a Time Hollywood is stunning. Yashman's great. But, I mean, I I have to be difficult, guys. I have to go for Ford versus Ferrari. And the reason that is I'm building arsehole. I always root for the one that shouldn't win and makes think about when it doesn't. But they put it up there for nomination. They included it. So I want Ford versus Ferrari to win. I fucking want... That to win, I'm like, I'm just gonna say, I'm no conjunction here. I love that movie, and it's not even best movie on the list, it's not. I just think, you know, like, it cancels the others out. The others are all at the top, they're elite movies. Four versus Ferrari is a really, really good movie, but best picture, like, no, it's, it shouldn't be there, but because it is, I won't give it best picture. So, there you go, I want Four versus Ferrari win best picture. So there you go, there's my Oscar things for this year. I'll be back Tuesday, let you know how terribly I did. And, you know, what can do? Anyway, I'll be back in just a second with a brief epilogue. So I don't know whether that's actually good or not. I have no idea, it's just me talking bollocks for 
probably not an hour. But there you go. Hopefully you enjoy that. I promise I'll be back for the Flash recap soon. Um, I'm moving long days soon, so I'll make it easier. But I will record a batch of them this weekend because I know they are actually really fun to watch. But nice being hectic, so what can you do? Um, I'm sure your Oscars will be terrible. I hope you guys have a lovely weekend. And I'll see you all on Tuesday for the Oscar post-show special. And remember, as always, life is beautiful. Peace out, bro.